scripture reading for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. For the word, for, sorry, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's good to be in a new space, isn't it? On a Sunday? <laughs> a real Sunday? I know. It's going to be hard to get used to. No, it's going to be easy to get used to. All right, uh, regardless of, of how you kick the political football, um, uh, the images from Afghanistan have been difficult maybe to understand or absorb from the last couple weeks. Uh, and there was a troubling photo that, that went across social media this past week. And uh, allegedly, uh, it was this picture where the Taliban had secured this helicopter, this American helicopter, and they had absconded it. And... Uh, there was a picture taken from a video feed where the helicopter was hovering about 200 feet in the air and there was a line dangling from the helicopter and then there was a slumped dangling man at the end of that line. And uh, it appeared to be uh, a public execution and it was grotesque and um, a fearful display. Come to find out, uh, it that was not the case. We thought it was at first. Uh, fake news. Uh, they were practicing a maneuver, and the man was fully alive. Uh, but at first, for a day and a half, I thought it was a grotesque public execution. And so I, I had this idea uh, immediately because I was preaching on this passage. I thought, you know what, we can we can combine American ingenuity with American capitalism and we could do something with this grotesque image. And so play along with me here. Um, I'm thinking jewelry. And, uh, and what we could do is make the helicopter flat, 2D, minimalist, very aesthetically pleasing so you know it's a helicopter. And then the, the, the chain coming down from the helicopter could be made out of those tiny intricate links from the helicopter, and then you could have a dangling man at the end of those chain links. And it would be available in gold, uh, white gold, rose gold, and sterling silver jewelry. What do you guys think? Click here now. All right. Now, when I say that, um, my eight-year-old says, bruh. I think it's like, bruh. <laughs> not cool, Dad. Like, that crazy 
grotesque image, and then I'm thinking jewelry, and we can sell it. Not cool. That's sick. That's offensive. That's offensive. Um, I think I think just a little bit is now. Now maybe it's a good setup to where we can view the cross a little differently. Just a little bit. Now, now you can see that there are bizarre, inappropriate tones attached to jewelry in the cross. Now, Christianity has not gotten rid of the symbol of the cross. They haven't gotten rid of the jewelry. And Christianity has not been able to shut up about it. So we're starting this new series, fitting, fitting that we're in a new place, a new place where we can call home and we should talk about the cross. And we're starting a new series and we've entitled it, uh, That is So LA, subtitle, Following Jesus in a Global City. And we're going through the, Paul's letter of 1 Corinthians. Uh, and I entitled that because I don't think the comparison to ancient Corinth and to Los Angeles, I don't think it's a one-to-one comparison. But I think when we march through in 10 weeks this letter to the city and church of Corinth, I think you will readily pick up on the similarities between Los Angeles and the ancient city of Corinth. So in this first letter... Now, you, some, one of you is going to come up to me afterwards and say, well, actually, he mentions another letter, so actually this is probably his second or third. Okay, it's his second or third, but you're going to confuse people, so let's just call it 1 Corinthians, okay? <laughs> so in 1 Corinthians, um, this, what we're going to cover this evening is really the first chapter and then the first five verses of chapter 2 because it's consumed with talking about the cross, it ends, so 1 Corinthians 15 ends talking about the resurrection, and in between, Paul is talking about some crazy issues to the church in Corinth. Um, let me give you a sampling. Hey, uh, pretend I'm Paul. Hey, not a good idea to sleep with your stepmom. Okay, also, don't get hammered at communion. Pro tip, also... Um, no orgies in a social context. Okay, stay away from those. He's saying this to a church, by the way. <laughs> like, this is advice and wisdom to a church. <laughs> and, uh, don't visit prostitutes. Like, like this is, um, like, Paul thinks it's a church, there's a church, a, a Christ-believing and following church at Corinth, and he's giving this kind of advice. <laughs> It'll be interesting. But bookended is the cross the foundation of everything. Everything's going to be predicated on the cross and everything is going to end in the resurrection and there's a lot of craziness in between. So stay tuned. But tonight is the cross. Tonight is the cross. Now this is what we're going to do is tonight, and we're going to do this really briefly, but we're going to zoom in on a public dangling execution And maybe it's one that we've memorialized so much, and in that memorialization, we have sanitized it too much. So maybe we're going to 
brush away the white gold and the sterling silver and see the cross again. So I want to, I have three brief thoughts. Uh, the first thought is this, is the cross is foolishness. <laughs> That's going to be point one. The cross is foolishness. Two, uh, the cross is offensive. Three, the cross is powerful. Those are my three brief points I want to just look at. So the first one is this. The cross is foolishness. In fact, it's despicable, grotesque, idiotic foolishness. It is. Uh, Noted atheist, Richard Dawkins, I don't know if some of you have read him, but he's quoting um, uh, the comedian Lenny Bruce. And he said, you know, if Jesus' death had happened 20 years ago, all of the little Catholic schoolgirls would be wearing electric chairs around their necks, on their necklaces, like a helicopter dangling, those intricate links. I accept that. That's, that's a good comparison that Richard Dawkins would give us. There was a time in... Um, the contemporary art world. This was actually a few years ago. Um, where you would have, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I, I kind of follow art. I am not an art pro, but I like art. Uh, uh, there were the shock artists. Okay, so you had one. His name's uh, Gottfried uh, Helnwein. I probably mispronounced that German name. But um, so his thing is he would make these adorable miniature tiny little baby Jesuses that look like Adolf Hitler. Shock artists. And he would churn these out. And he'd say, oh. And everyone's just like, what? You can't do that. Not to my baby Jesus. Another one. Andre Serrano. He was a winner of the uh, the the Southeastern Center for Contemporary Art. And um, so this was his deal, is he would fashion these uh, plastic crucifixes, or is it crucifix I? Is it someone? All right, discuss later? I don't know. Um, and his thing is that he would fill jars, transparent jars of his own urine, and he would put the plastic crucifixes in there and suspend it there, and, and then he would backlight them and display them. Um, shocking. Come on. Come on, dude. Come on. Really? Right? The cross? Really? That's my, that's my symbol? Another one. Uh, Chris Ophelia. So his thing was um, he would take elephant dung and he would make little uh, 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 Jesuses and Marys um, both in painting Right, he, he put some uh, water in there. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> and, and he'd make paintings with elephant dung. Um, and then he would also uh, kind of use it as a clay. Um, it's not exactly Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing. You know, it's a little aromatic. But, but he would shape up these crosses in elephant dung. Shocking! 
What? You can't do that. You're fighting the establishment. Wow, that is new and unique and fresh. That is innovative. That is new art. Yawn, 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 yawn. Come on. You can't outcross the cross. You can't outcross the cross. That is like, the cross is like, um, they are displaying just a little sliver of what the cross is. You almost want to say the shock artist, like you're not even trying. You can't outcross the cross. It's despicable and filthy. And, and it's only, you're only describing a sliver of what the cross is, pal. The shock artist, not shocking. Come to find out the shock artists are not shocking. You cannot outdescend the cross. Like the cross is bizarre and foolish and despicable and grotesque. Like that's what, we, <laughs> we, the cross has a monopoly <laughs> on the grotesque and the horrifying and the degraded and the perverted and the twisted. Nope, the cross has that locked up. You can't outdescend the cross. Um. <laughs> you cannot make the cross worse than it is. Uh, people, family-friendly churches usually don't like that I say this, but I'm going to plug my nose and jump in. People forget that crucifixions, um, Roman crucifixions, they're naked. I said it. I said it. It's shame turned up to ten. Now look, every statue I've seen demurely has a little bit of ragged cloth that covers Jesus' bits. And it wasn't like that. I'm not opposed to cross necklaces. I'm not opposed to cross jewelry. I'm not against the spires and the steeples and the statues and the hillside installations. You know what I mean, right? The three. I'm not against it. But let's remind each other, like it's a despicable display. Like it's grotesque and it's horrible and it's perverted and it's twisted. Like let's remind ourselves of that. So we need to recover the foolishness of the cross. Not cover it. We need to recover the foolishness of the cross. Uh, Because, and this is interesting, is the writers of the New Testament make the cross their main point. We need to recover the foolishness of the cross. Point one. Let's march into point two. I said, so the cross is foolish. It's idiotic, grotesque, violent, bloody, and it's, it's foolishness, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1. But I, here's our second idea, is that I, I want you to see that the cross is very offensive. So you're like, wait, it's not, it's more offensive than what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's more offensive than that. (laughs) So buckle up. (laughs) This is from 1 Corinthians 1. And my jump drive broke when we put it in the laptop. So 
You don't get the verse. You're going to have to look this up on your phone if you have the app. Um, and they made, they made a print version of the app as well. Um, you might have brought that. Um, here it is. This is verse 22 in 1 Corinthians 1. And, and I want you to listen maybe a little bit more closely to the top part, the first part. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Um, but to those who are being called, both the Jew and the Greek, um, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. Okay. This is where the cross, uh, the cross does not pass the test for human amazingness. It doesn't pass the test as the best example of human ethics, morality, religiousness, and supernatural experience. It doesn't pass that test. So what Paul does is he gives us a really great shorthand. And and that shorthand is this. He says, um, Jews demand signs. That's shorthand, right? He's going to pack a lot into that little phrase. And that shorthand for this is um, what the Jews want to see is someone is being exceptionally and carefully religious. Um, uh, They want to see something so supernatural that it is inexplicable to human performance. Like you have to attribute it to God because it is so beyond. So Jews demand signs. And, and, and at the same time, it must be beautifully ethical and morally upright and praised as what? The very right thing to do. I would have done the same in that position. I just would have done that right thing. And the cross fails religion class. <laughs> totally fails it. Really bad. It's not clean. It's definitely not appropriate. It's not remarkably miraculous. There's a naked guy who dies, and rumor is that he maybe deserved it. The cross fails morality and religion. It fails it. It's not a very impressive religion. Um, Colossians says this. It's speaking of Jesus. Um, Jesus is the invisible image of God, the firstborn of creation. It says that in Colossians. Okay, so if you want to know what God is like, let's look at Jesus. The f- what? The image of the invisible God? We can know who, what God's like? Boom, there's Jesus. And then Isaiah reminds us. <laughs> Isaiah says, um, yeah, uh, we despised him. <laughs> We esteemed him not. He's the image of the invisible God. Yeah, we despise that, and we esteemed him not. Okay. The cross fails morality and religion. So Paul gives another shorthand for humanity. He says, look, Greeks are always looking for wisdom. And Greeks is shorthand for what? The humanistic world. 
The intelligent, rational, humanistic world is always looking for what? The next cool thing, the next piece of truth, the next um, life hack, the, 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 next, the next body hack. Um, uh, Greeks could be shorthand for like the entire corpus of TED Talks, which I'm a massive fan. I cannot get enough of the TED Talks, right? <laughs> What? Oh, this thing, this thing that we could learn could make us better and make us perform better and be more productive and have better relationships. Like this thing could do, right, right? So the cross fails TED Talk land. Like uh, he, he wouldn't, Jesus would not get an invite. Oh, there's the cross guy. Nope. Not the best of intellectual enlightened humanity that we have. He died at 33. No inventions, no patents. Like, surely he could have made a better car than Tesla. Nope. No, not a homeowner. homeowner. Disgusting. Right? Like, not a failure, according to the Greeks. And the Greeks seek wisdom, and they're like, yeah, that doesn't pass the wisdom test. And we start a religion on this guy? Um, The cross is the worst TED Talk ever. Uh, If we were to Yelp review the cross, SoCal, we are a bunch of Yelp reviewers. I mean, are you really going to go to a restaurant less than three? Will you? No. Thank you, Grady. Like, you're with it. I'm not going to a restaurant that's less than three. Am I going to show up at a two-star? Well, let's just hope it's better. Let's Yelp review the cross. One star would give zero if possible. Pathetic display, surly crowd, was not entertained, would not go again. I despised it. I esteemed it not. Oh, The cross offends human excellence and sensibilities. It's got to. It fails at religion. It's a stumbling block to the religious, stumbling block to the Jews. It fails at human intellect and enlightenment. Fails at worldly wisdom. So now I have my third thought. You're like, wow. Everyone's doubting their faith. (laughs) Well, I, I guess I could try something else. Third thought. The cross is powerful. Non sequitur does not follow from first two points. <laughs> Try again, sir. The cross is powerful. Um, where's the power? Where's the power? Three little thoughts here. Um, here's the power. It can go... where religion and human excellence cannot go. Where's that? I don't know if I want to go there. (laughs) If you've ever been around super moral people, I'm a recovering one, by the way. Um, they can't, by definition, be around slackers and deadbeats. They can't. 
not without holding some fictitious high ground on somebody. (laughs) It's the only way they can be near them if they're coaching them and saying, ah, it really is horrible to be you, but you should look up here at me. Be like me. And that doesn't help. If you're around high-achieving brilliance, high-achieving brilliance cannot suffer group work with simpletons and people who get sick and people who suffer for long periods of time. When, when an executive is beleaguered with legal woes, uh, it's weird. People forget to text them back. It's so weird, right? That was sarcastic. But if you can't outcross the cross, you can't outporn the cross. A cross. You can't out embezzle the cross. You can't out lie the cross. You can't. It means Jesus. Now, this is stunning. It means that Jesus can meet anyone, anywhere, at any time, in any condition. Whoa. Because it won't be worse than the cross, ever. It'll never be worse than the cross, ever. Um, Now, the scriptures tell you and me to think on lovely things. But if you are ever in a time where you cannot think of lovely things, And you think of perverted and twisted and despicable things. You cannot imagine enough despicable things to outcross the cross. You cannot describe mentally or otherwise a situation or a condition or a problem where he suddenly says, yeah, that, that, that really is messed up and I can't meet you there. No, if you can't out the cross the cross, he can meet you anywhere. All right, where's the power of the cross? So you can go places that religion and human excellence can't go. But here's the unorthodox, compelling nature of the cross. This is opposite. Opposite of what our solutions come up. Many people call this the upside-down kingdom, if you want to like a little term for it. It is strange and stranger things, this cross. Here it is. This is compelling. Our God is like this? Question mark? Invoice? Hinting possibility? Hope? 
So um, there's a lazily painted picture of God that he is a smiting, angry God. But the cross shows us a smitten God. And that is compelling. Third little area, where's the power of the cross? What does that look like practically? And Paul says this in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 1. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, the upside down kingdom. Wait, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna use the you're gonna you're gonna use the small what to to do your you're gonna use the small the I, I don't have a stuttering problem. It's more of like incredulity. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna God chose what is weak in the world. So he doesn't just meet the weak. He's like, you are going to be my agents for my change. Me? What? God chose what is low and despised. This is in verse 28. God chose the, what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being can boast in the presence of God. Practicality. It is compelling when you see it happen. Um, There's a favorite photograph of mine that is not fake news. It's real news. And it's... uh, it's a photograph that comes from the photojournalist Mark Brunner. And he snapped this photo in 1996. And just to give you a little background um, story, there was a, a, a bunch of KKK members who announced that they were going to stage this big rally and protest in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And so, uh, like a good community would do, there was uh, counter-protesters that said, we are going to show up in mass to drown out this KKK protest that's going to go down. So a bunch of counter-protesters showed up. In fact, they began looking for the rally. <laughs> they couldn't find the KKK rally. They were just like, where's the rally? We, we showed up in force. Um, and so uh, a guy did show up someone pointed out a man who had a Confederate flag and an SS tattoo on his forearm. And apparently, uh, he was the only one who got the memo to show up. (laughs) So um, they're like, there he is! And counter-protesters do what counter-protesters do. And they surrounded the man, and they had sticks from their signs, and they had these kind of guns, and they, what they did is they started to give this man a healthy beatdown. And he dropped to the ground, and everybody's getting in their shots, right? Here's for... And there's a... Okay. So enter into this chaotic scene, uh, Keisha Thomas. Now, she is an 18-year-old black young woman. And she throws her body on top of the man. 
And she just takes it. And she screams, stop doing this to him. And so this is why it's my favorite photo. So Mark Brunner snaps the photo. Kids. Well, there's not a lot of kids. That's what a camera sounded back in 1996. So she has her hand up and she's fending off blows for who is underneath her, who is her enemy. And that kind of love wrecks me. It wrecks me. It is compelling. It is powerful. Like that, like he takes the blows I deserve. What? That wrecks me. And I want to understand the depths of power that can do that for an enemy. I want to understand that kind of power because that is, that is raw power. I wish that was bigger for you. <laughs> Galatians, but it makes me think of Galatians 3. Right? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by, by becoming the curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs from a tree. Um, so, you know what this, this is how it wrecked Paul. <laughs> Let me tell you how it wrecked St. Paul, who wrote 1 Corinthians. He's crying and then he's laughing. I don't get this, man. This is how it wrecked Paul, who was exceptionally educated and exceptionally religious. He says this. I've decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's pray into that. Jesus, we too want to know. And we need your spirit to give us the belief and the faith that we lack. So give it to us again, we pray. Amen.